Welcome to a new episode of the India Independent Films Podcast. This is Rahul Desai here. Uh, I'm film critic for Film Companion. I have with me uh, again Nishita Sen Gupta, film critic for OTT Play. Uh, we are back. Uh, Uday is yet to join us. I don't think he watched any films uh, last week. He did a lovely list on the best Indian action films in anticipation of Shah Rukh Khan's Jawan, which you can go and visit on uh, the Mint website. Um, I think the top 50 films. So that's the plug for there. So that he hears this and comes back soon. Uh, in the meantime, we are going to be discussing two titles this week. Uh, we reviewed both of them. Uh, both streaming titles. The first is Friday Night Plan, uh, which is streaming on Netflix. And the second is the very, very much hyped scam 2003, uh, the Telgi story, which is streaming on Sony Live. It's the second installment of the scam franchise, as most of you might remember in 2020, the Harshad Mehta story released to great fanfare. Uh, we'll first be discussing Friday Night Plan, which uh, just a few lines about it before we get into it. Uh, it it's basically an exile film. Uh, it, it is directed by a first-time director called Vatsal Neela Kantan. Uh, I, it stars uh, the late Irfan Khan's son Babil Khan in his second role after Kala. Uh, and it's, um, it's, it's, um, it's a sibling comedy and it's a very urban Bombay sort of film. It has it, the basically the story is about two siblings. Uh, Juhi Chavla is their mother. She goes away on a business trip, and the two siblings get into trouble over the, over the course of a night. And both of them are teenagers. Uh, they study in a school in South Mumbai, in a very posh school. So they decide to attend the uh, party in the night. And as it usually goes with teen comedies, uh, things go wrong, and a coming of age story happens. The sibling gets close. Uh, siblings get closer, uh, and lessons are learned. Um, I think both of us were two of, I think, very two of the rare critics who may have liked this film more than most. Um, it worked for us for different reasons. I think Ishita uh, liked it more than most other, at least from all the reviews I read, I think she liked it the most. Uh, we do have our reasons and it does and it does also have a few very, very charming performances and uh, in terms of the kind of teen titles we've been seeing uh, on streaming over the last few years, this was a... Nice little cleanser. It was almost virginal. Uh, more about it, um, Ishita? Uh, hi. Yeah, as hi. you said, I think I, I liked it more than most. But it, uh, it also stems from um, my apathy towards watching very angst-riddled uh, teenage coming-of-age films. Uh, mm. generally coming of age films only i mean generally we we put um, there is a way that uh, films tend to go about this that you know it's 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 an angsty protagonist who obviously uh, goes through hell and and drives everyone else up the wall till lessons uh, he learns or they learn the lesson and mm. uh, i really liked uh, friday night plan because it uh, for me it was it, is, it was about one night, you know, and when you say it on paper that a film is about one night and the protagonist is an 18-year-old boy, you think of some life-altering e event that will happen to him because mm. it's a it's a coming-of-age film. And I, and I really like how the film completely subverted that because nothing life-altering happened because nothing life-altering generally happens in one night. You know, and yeah. it's it's a nice, uh, I felt like it was almost, it reminded me a lot of uh, Chacha Real Smooth. For those ah, who've watched yeah. it, it's 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 mm. a very sweet film. It's it was one of my favorite Sundance titles. I think last to last year, most probably, it's streaming on Apple TV. And it's also very similar. You know, it's a nice family. 
uh, everyone is nice and uh, mm. there's a lot of empathy that uh, the director uh, gives here in this case as well as in chacha reels more i felt like you know there was a lot of empathy given to uh, the the protagonist and generally i feel when people want to um, n- like basically make coming of age films um they they like youth is seen um youth is seen in a way like how uh, in a very adult trained lens like reckless and not how mm. it is which is not always reckless and i really liked how friday night plan went about it's 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 a very breezy film uh, you we might call it vanilla and uh, you know it might be like virginal as you said but for me i felt like you know it it didn't it some films don't need to be more than that you know hmm. and it can it can make its point i mean that's what i felt of it so yeah. rahul why no, did you I, like it no actually for the same reasons i think we discussed this also later um i think chacha rails mode is a nice comparison also um uh, in terms of how much can happen over the course of a night you're bang on about that uh, mm. and as we, as we said you know the landscape has been littered with these teen angst thrillers and dramas and i'm not saying all of them are bad or stereotypical some of them are really good like school of lies earlier this year on hotstar was really good and it was an entirely different setting and it was an entirely different tone but uh, but when you're when you're basically setting out this this remind friday night plan reminded me of a very old school take on teen comedies you know back in like the way americans used to make their comedies i think 15 or 20 years ago i think the director was visibly inspired by superbad and other sort of teen sex comedies which were uh, fairly sort of lighthearted and fairly uh, modest in that sense on a sc- um, uh, in terms of emotional scale uh and i think they got that right about this particular setting because we are talking about and i love the fact that the film had many opportunities to go dark but it did not even though all its elements mm. were pointing towards the darker space like the two brothers for example mm. for uh, both babel and uh, the older and the younger brother said and ade uh, were basically from a different class bracket and they were in a fancy school uh, there were kids there who were much richer than them and they were bullies uh, that's how they are introduced in the beginning and uh, i like the fact that babel's character accidentally becomes famous and gets invited to this uh this party that happens quite a bit only amongst the rich kids and the entitled brats uh, uh from the school and uh, even though they are introduced as bullies we see them in the party as just kids looking for a good time you know getting drunk and 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 talking rubbish and play playing drinking games uh there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of antagonism in that sense and the only sort of uh, the element the adult element in this of course is the mother who is in pune on a business meeting and you keep thinking things will escalate and uh, a cop gets involved and you think that it's going to get serious very fast but it doesn't and in the in the sense that the cop is there just to remind the kids of the fact that you know they can have fun but not a lot of fun and uh, you know they can they don't have to cross the line uh, and i like the fact that it alludes to darker elements of this genre but it never really goes there because at the end of the day just a teen party where no murders happen and uh, no accidents happen even though they are rich kids nobody is very unlikable of course there are there are a couple of jerks but they are funny in their own ways and um, none of them are antagonized for the heck of it uh, and the two brothers the two siblings sort of um, the coming of ageness of it also is fairly 
designed in that sense like they they find each other and you 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 start sort of hearing things of things about their backstory because that's how the film starts that they had a father and now they have a single mother the father passed away and i love the fact that you know irfan khan's son is cast in this role it, there was a lot of mining in that sense uh, the script might have almost been written uh, to get this introverted kid out of his uh bubble in the film and and i think given that he did kala before this which is a super intense film and he played a very very serious character in that uh i think this was a great um sort of meta role uh in that sense and i thought the casting was spot on uh yeah absolutely i feel like and you know there were so many ways where uh, badal's casting could have been a little gimmicky because mm. uh, here is obviously the you know a, a, a boy a young boy a teenage teenager who's lost his father and he's really struggling to keep up you know he's just uh, forced to grow up soon and um, i like that it was uh, that it was it was a casting which which was interesting and it it invited reading but it didn't do more than that and a lot of it also i think depends on how uh, nicely the film opened and uh, relate the fact that this is a family which has lost a male member like if you remember mm. uh, the the opening uh, the opening scene basically shows three photographs on 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 the wall and you have like on the first there are four members which is the father uh, mother yeah. and the two sons and then it just as the camera pans you realize that you know the ma- the man is missing from the frame and i think it was a very nice succinct way of uh, relaying the reality in one uh, in one sweep you know it never yeah. mind too hard uh, to make us feel something uh, for uh, uh, you know babel's character only because it's babel playing and uh, as you said you know that uh, like in my review i wrote about uh, i like I, i i started it with comparing it to shit's creek and i just want to say it is nothing like it obviously it's not nothing can be like shit's creek but uh, what mm. i i mean i i feel like you know i keep watching the show for a reason because i think like chacha real smooth or something like shit's creek it basically reminds you that not all resolutions need to be earned you know mm. that life can that that you can learn lessons without uh, being really broken down by it and i i felt like uh, friday night plan was one of you know what was leaning towards that is also why i liked it because uh, as you rightly pointed out school of lies is a very good example of uh, a filmmaker getting the the children psyche right but more often than not a youth has become as much as a, a social currency as well as an aesthetic i feel in the streaming platform you know like uh, we had a uh, mm. class on netflix we also had uh, eternally confused and eager for love which is also an excel production much like friday night plan mm. and you know it's just mm. it's the films are everything which we associate youth with you know like obviously mm. they are doing like i know they're doing drugs and and in eternally the uh, the eager for love sh- uh, film the, the guy is obviously just doesn't know what to say he's like he's so confused and and i really take uh, offense to it because i feel it's a very adult version of it like it's a, it's a very detached version of it and uh, mm. in friday night plan because it it it, it nothing um, you know nothing really happened and even though uh, it came so close every time to something really happening uh, the, mm. and then the film just accidentally moved away from it and yeah so i think you know these are little little things which uh, at the end really worked for me because when it started i i i was like okay it's it's sweet film but by the end you realize it's it's also a bit of a rarity in the streaming space yeah 
I think it comes down to also the fact that whether uh, you look at it or whether the film feels sanitized or whether it feels natural in hmm. its approach to uh, teenage life, you know. Uh, and, and given the setting, given the fact that these are basically just two siblings, one is trying to basically come out back out of his shell because you sense that he's been forced to grow up too fast and become the quote-unquote man of the family after the death of the father. So he's become really serious and pensive. And the other brother just wants him to like loosen up a bit. And uh, given that most teen conflicts in their heads feel like do or die conflicts, uh, hmm. it feels like the end of the world. When we were teenagers, also every fight, every every exactly. worry, uh, everything hmm. that our parents used to say used to feel like the end of the world. You can't hmm. wait, you can't condescend on that feeling. And so I feel like that this film trusts that feeling very well. You know, it, it doesn't. Yes paint their conflict as uh, as some you know as do or die but in their world they are very serious and this night actually contributes to their awakening in more ways to than one you know it never pretends like the rich kids are the bad kids or the entitled hmm. kids are the ones uh, who are so stupid that they teach the sensible two siblings uh, a lesson about how to live in the end you know you still see Sid and Adi both uh, enjoying themselves at the party and being very grateful that they were invited to this party you know mm. for social currency's sake the fact that they've always aspired for this kind of popularity in their own ways uh, yeah and so you know there's no looking down on any of these kids no matter you know even the pre-drinking that happens in that shady quarter bar and after mm. that that entire case that happens in south bombay where the cop is chasing them you think they're going to make the cop uh, something of a more darker character sort of rooting character that teaches the kids a lesson but i like that it all stays very grounded uh, in a sense and it's not sanitization for the heck of it you know it, it feels like uh, it, it still feels like the kids were being themselves uh, it, it still feels like this could be on another day in the hands of another filmmaker party that goes dreadfully wrong where where you know you know drugs get involved and the police gets involved and that's the kind of cinema we've been conditioned to uh, as you said and uh, but, but the fact that this doesn't take those roots and as as you very rightly said it sort of uh, doesn't adhere to that adult prism of how kids behave uh, mm. i think that was for me what like really made this film grow on me as i watched it same same 100% like as you said and i wrote that in my review and i keep thinking of it also you know because i i really like the film more than most that that you know how um, like how the film really inhabited uh, the the perspective of the protagonist like uh, uh, you know for one there were obviously no one was villainized outrightly and and also you know how they they throw the egg on on the on the cop and that's how they think that it would be a huge issue in in Babel's head in Babel's characters and it's a huge issue and you know when you are watching it I know it won't be but I also like yeah. that the film really committed to it then that you yeah. know it really went on with it because it re- at that age you you really feel it's a big deal you know also there's a very small detail of the pre-drinking uh, ritual hmm. that these kids have and you know they they say that we are going to a bar called JC and it turns out to be Jagdish Chand Resto Bar which I felt was a hmm. very sweet take because you know how uh, we like millennials feel that they can't understand Gen Z but what Gen yeah. Z's basically talk is a very uh, they make a very uh, mundane thing cool right like hmm. you know I don't yeah. know and they say IDK so I think it was a very yeah. nice take on that that how what what basically youth uh, 
it it recycles things and makes it their own but inherently yeah. it's something very mundane only yeah no that's a great point the jc thing because we uh, at the same age i think a lot of us in bombay at least when i was in zavier's year we used to go to this bar called lps and it, you know you think it is something fancy but it's actually lakshmi punjab you know it's it's more or less the same it's it's more or less the same it's like jc you know it sounds far cooler than it is but uh, hmm. this is the reality of a lot of kids in bombay you know and bombay is the kind of city where things like this uh, don't feel like class commentary they don't feel like uh, there's a lot more uh, in, in in you know there's a lot more subconscious equality without people realizing it like these colleges and these schools uh, they sort of have so many kinds of students uh, from all walks of life that when they hang out together at bars like this uh, it mm. feels very natural it doesn't feel like they have to punch up or punch down to be in each other's company and uh, and that's why that you know you can sense that the director is closer to that age then he is mm. to the directors who make normally films about youth you know and and i feel like even the cop was a nice little touch because mm. if you i mean if you listen to him closely especially when he goes back to the police station he's damn bitter and he was like you know i and and he's like i need to teach these youth a lesson they need yeah. to understand that yeah. what bombay police is and that ego is very a very adult ego that is the kind of thing you can imagine adults across the country saying when when kids misbehave in front of them you know that you need to be mm. taught a lesson and in mm. our days it used to be like this and it it was also a very bombay police a very mumbai police sort of thing to say that ego comes into the equation but it's nothing sinister it's just that you know we need to uh, you know these these it's like uh, it's like that scene in uh, i think action hero which we were recently watching where the cop tells the cinematographer that what do you do in life you don't contribute to society the way they look <laughs> yeah. down on bollywood the way cops look down on yeah. bollywood they also look down on students you know it's very natural yeah, to them yeah, yeah. because they have bigger things and yeah. you can sense that this cop is having a very slow night so he decided to take it out and invest himself entirely into this chase because he had nothing better to mm. do it's not because he's a bad guy or anything and uh, and that that him saying that we need to teach this youth a lesson is exactly how uh, sort of adult directors over the age of 40 and 50 make films about youngsters you know like they always enforce their vision upon how kids today behave and should behave and uh, they always you know uh, put them into brackets and sort of stereotype them in this way saying that you know we need to show this youth how it's done so it's it's basically the, even that cop represented a certain language of filmmaking i felt and uh, the fact that he softened up in the end saying you know what go it was of course we i know it wasn't such a big deal and just be careful next time and the fact that even they they commit small little crimes here and there where they drink and drive and it's not made a big deal about it. you know they they take the car they take their mother's car without really telling her but again it doesn't turn into something massive so i feel like the film gets a lot of those things right um of course this also for me the balance the counterbalance was that uh, sometimes it gets a bit too safe in that sense and that those were some of the mm. my takeaways in the mm. uh, not sanitization exactly but uh, uh, you know uh, it's sort of unwilling to go beyond a moral line a moral boundary basically and and that's not to say that something serious or something dark needs to happen it just felt like the film was sometimes playing it safe in terms of for example the chase across the city 
uh, where you know first of all kids like that they i don't think they throw eggs and all on each other as part of a conflict and or as part of this rivalry with another school or whatever it is it's it's a little more than that you know it tends to be a little more than that so i feel like it was a mix of like primary school and high school mischief you know and the primary school mischief was sort of projected onto the high school students so that you know uh, they can get a cop into the equation so i mean in some in very few sort of cases it felt like uh, maybe it corrected too far but uh, but overall i think it was a very breezy and when when we tend to use the adjective breezy in a little patronizing way most of the time when we talk about comedies and all but here it was breezy in a very um, in a very absolute sense like it means a good thing here. yeah i agree i mean i i think i i see why you're saying that you know it, it plays a little safe but also it's like a cleanser no a palate cleanser so you were like okay yeah. i I'll, i'll rather watch this you know than mm, yeah. the other other youth shows also i want to say that you know how it's a very good sibling movie and we don't have enough good sibling films i feel like of that age when because the young boy the younger brother and we will come to the performances mm. because he was like my favorite actor in the film amrit jain and yeah. uh, aditya basically the 15 year old and he yeah. uh, he looks up to his older brother and i feel it was it was it was a very it was a great um, uh, you know documentation of of a specific time in a sibling's life when you haven't uh, of a younger sibling's life when you haven't outgrown your older sibling yet and you and you really look up to them for who they are because you know them beyond the school boundaries you know i have an elder sister and i have gone through that phase in my life where i used to take her report cards and run and be and like literally bask in her glory because they are mm. they are your the, the 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 heroes you have the immediate heroes you have you know and it yeah. obviously it, it changes but i feel like the film really did a very nice uh you know job a very affecting job of capturing that relationship between uh, the two aditya and siddharth the two brothers and you know they they frequently break into fights uh, and physical fights and yet in a room they they only look at each other for company or for mm. comfort because they have grown up together and uh, you know this is this is the relationship they share you know where they mm. want a validation from the other cooler kids but they also want the other person to witness it you know yeah. that they are getting the validation so i really liked it as a sibling movie a lot like i think by the by the time the film concluded and then the little um, you know cop sta- uh, that that stick on mm-hmm. police station scene where he babble tries to bribe the police officer and the younger boy saves the scene you know we have i've gone through that not obviously in these situations and when you do it you feel like you have really uh, outwitted your the person who you looked up to and it's a great feeling you know and yeah. you know for me like i i felt like and and that is why i think what uh, the the sanitization of the film's treatment worked for me because friday night plan for me was like you know uh, one night in someone's life where everything seemed to have worked out by the end no one knows how the next morning will be and we don't see another day for a reason the film ends the next early morning when uh, the mother comes and i felt like you know it's very difficult to you know, narrativeize a feeling and i feel the film mm. did a very good job of that of that feeling of one night in your in your youth when everything seemed to have worked out you know he babel got a date by the end of it we don't we don't see him going with her we don't see if they will make it or not but that promise lingering at the end of it 
i really liked hmm. yeah no that's a, that's a great point about even it being a very rare sibling film in an indian context and uh, mostly in this genre we tend to have like teen comedies either on friendships or romance or first love or sex hmm. or you know a bunch of uh, a bunch of very popular themes in in cinema and uh, not enough sibling films as you said and uh, I, i think yeah that's a, that's a great point because i've i obviously i've grown up without siblings so i didn't really entirely personally relate to their relationship as much as you did and all the po- very specific points that you mentioned about how he bas in how the younger brother bas in the glory of the older one and how even he the way he describes his brother's stories at the party yeah. before his brother reaches you know he yeah. he narrates it he like it's some up. big superhero film yeah. like it's a bollywood film but really his brother has done something very basic uh so so yeah so those are all lovely little touches i guess hopefully the film sort of uh you know finds its viewership or ages better uh because i don't think it got a great reception i'm not sure about the viewership or anything but a word about the performances also before we move on to the next title uh you can speak about uh, amrit jain and babul khan yeah i really liked uh amrit a lot like babil i liked and i felt he was very nicely cast uh, you know he looked yeah. like this 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 um, young boy who really had a lot of uh, pressure on his head who couldn't make up the college he had to go to but amrit he just you know he has this very mischievous glint in his eyes and also yeah. that uh, and and yet you know that you know he is he is very naive in a very sweet uh, way and very age appropriate way like when uh, babel really guilt trips him he calls up his mother from the party and i felt it was a very sweet thing to do yeah. because you know you he he has been sheltered by the by his older brother and his mother in the absence of a father and you know yet he's a nice guy and and i felt he was really uh, the actor like amrit was very very good you know and it was a very um, very understated performance i felt yeah yeah i totally you, agree. I, i'm sure you liked uh, him yeah Yeah, he was my favorite actor in the film as well. Like as you said, you know, he had that glint in his eye, and you could sense a sense of you. You could sense like history behind why he is the way he is, and why he is the he's looked at as. Of course, he's the younger one, but he's also the more outgoing one, and how he looks up to his brother, and now he knows what kind of person his brother once was. Uh, exactly. And and you know, and yeah, and Amrijan has the and he gets that balance. you know very right and that that scene where he calls up his mother and not entirely in control of what he is doing but still in the end you know like proving himself to his brother saying you know even i am ready to grow up and i am mm-hmm. not as flaky as you think i am uh, i am not as irresponsible as you think i am so the fact that they allowed the older brother to learn from the younger sibling in a very pressure moment at the police station i thought was a good touch also like it it also yeah. brought a sense of balance uh, to the whole thing because uh because babel khan's character is designed to be uptight for most of the film right till mm. right up till the end and mm. uh, and as you said you know great casting there i thought babel was very suitably awkward in a good way for mm. the role mm. it, it mm. felt like he didn't fit in and in, mm. in the right way because even his character doesn't really fit in his character is more of a nerd who becomes popular and i felt that the premise is very Uh, it's very smart in that way you know what if a geek becomes like this jock overnight uh, for no mm. for no real uh, fault of his own you know he just scored an accidental goal which was again a very good touch you know he didn't mean for it 
him himself to become popular so putting a geek in the spotlight was a smart thing to do and it, it was a nice trigger into this you know very very uh, sort of nice frothy fun film uh, yeah, yeah I, i think uh, as far as friday night plan is concerned i think that's pretty much we've discussed that it was also a special word at least from me to ninat kamar to play the cop because we've been seeing <laughs> yeah. him in many shows and many films over the years oh. and we've been seeing him always in supporting roles always around and always sort of aggressive in most roles um, i i think he was he was very fun here because it reminded me of uh, paresh raul's character in jaane tu ya jaane na except yeah, this was uh, except this was a little less caricatured little, little less comical character it was he was more of a human in this so mm. uh, so yeah special mention to him also um yeah i, I think we're done with friday night sorry uh, yeah just but in, but in to say that i really liked also joy chawla as the mother though she has very uh, much screen presence but i feel like it, it was a very nice depiction of mothers on screen by a middle aged female actress uh, because we really have very few of them uh, you know like mm. the it's it's generally tend to be very loud and we have seen enough uh, you know in this year alone So yeah, that's it for yeah. me. Yeah, we can go to scam. Yeah, that's true because we we we've seen uh, actresses like Kajol and get it uh, and all get it frightfully wrong, you know. So uh, and Rani also. So, and Rani also. So yeah, so to have like a very unobtrusive mother in a sense, even though she was entirely concerned throughout the film and she was ready to leave everything and come back, the film kept her at a distance, which was which was a nice thing to do because it it really yeah. let the sibling film be a sibling film. um mm. yeah i think we'll move on to scam uh, 2003 uh, the telugu story as i as i uh, mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast it is uh, the showrunner is again hansal mehta but the director is tushar hiranandani this time uh, it's not directed by hansal mehta uh, it, it stars gagandev gagandev riyar as abdul karim telugu who as a lot of us know or as a lot of us have known in the last 20 25 years he was uh, the infamous man behind the 2003 stamp paper counterfeiting scandal which was worth like thousands and thousands of crores and this this series which is a 10 episode series is basically about his rise and fall uh, just as it was the formula is pretty much the same just like harshad mehta just like a rags to riches story and about uh, about a uh, aspirational sort of figure who clo- uh, who who flew too close to the sun uh, it, it is basically again based on a journalist book called the telgi telgi scam and it is also um, i think only five episodes are streaming right now which is basically the first segment of the series i think the next five episodes will drop in a month or two so our, even our reviews all of our reviews were based on the first five episodes which is weird also it's weird to review a show like that and this new release strategy i'm not a big fan of but uh, but yeah the five episodes is basically between the years 1983 to 2000 i think it covers basically the rise of uh, abdul karim telgi uh, from a very modest fruit seller in uh, in in karnataka to this uh, this massive businessman in bombay um, and uh, there's a i mean there's quite a bit to discuss but uh, i think the biggest takeaway i think for a lot of us was gagandev riyar's sort of performance as abdul karun telgi just as it was uh, pratik gandhi with, uh, with with scam i think they figured out this this cheat code where they they find uh, actors out of you know they find almost anonymous actors from different parts of india and 
and sort of give them the kind of role they deserve and tap into their talent in a way that they become the USP of a series that is more or less pretty formulaic. Like there's a lot of research you can sense there. Uh, uh, there there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of characters. It's very crowded. Uh, but it's you know it's not very different from the first installment and uh, and that's why the cast and the performances become the usp of of the scam installment which i find quite nice because like hansel mehta is known for that just as sort of anurag kashyap was once known to sort of usher in this casting revolution i think hansel mehta has been doing a great job of bringing out performances from underutilized actors uh, across the country in a lot of his titles whether it's long form or, or his films um yeah ishita would you like to take it forward uh yeah just to reiterate what you said that it it actually is headlined by a great performance and uh, for uh, like scam 2003 i feel like because it's a spiritual sequel it's also a bit uh, the narrative trappings are a bit similar like you know you, yeah. you feel that the crest and troughs of of the storytelling is similar we'll come to that later but if i mean if i was very very invested in the show in spite of obviously knowing how it will happen how everything will unfold it, it was because of uh, gagandev vyas performance which was which was i felt like spectacular because you know he there's there's a lot of physicality to his performance uh, he's put on weight for the role and you can see it you know the, the way he stands his shoulders are slouched and he keeps uh, you know like pulling up his pants and and it becomes mm. like the, it becomes like a signature act throughout the the show and i was reading uh, your review uh, earlier and you know you, you you wrote a very funny line which i thought was uh, was very interesting you know you were like you can almost see him uh, roll an invisible booger in his hands and i was laughing <laughs> because i was like that's exactly very true and i just couldn't verbalize it but i know exactly what you're saying like we have seen these men you know and yeah. Uh, yeah i think it was uh, like that was uh, the performance for me it was it was very close to the best performance i've seen i know we have debated over this but i feel like it was <laughs> it was one of the better performances of the year yeah but what but tell yeah, me something what happened ha huh, sorry go on you continue go on, go on. Uh, no, no, yeah so I'll... yeah so i'm like you know because uh, we know how the story will unfold and even though we have five episodes and i don't mean it just the the story of how it was originally but also the treatment feels a bit similar did that occur you yeah. while you were watching yeah so that's the thing you know you take it as part of like uh, i feel like you given that we know the scam franchise now and we we know what they're going to be doing for the next couple of years or decades or whatever it is um, you take it with a pinch of salt because you know they start from a disadvantage in a sense that we already know of these very infamous figures right we we yeah. read about harshad mata we read about abdul kumar uh, abdul karim telgi and uh, basically we know how the story begins and ends already we know they get arrested in the end we know they pass away eventually uh, after a long time we know that they are corrupt people in general even and we we know that the show is going to walk a very thin line between sort of humanizing them and also painting them as uh, you know both like a victim and a villain of that system that they are trying to conquer right and it's it's a reg- very regular act to reach a story in that sense so i take it with a uh, and it it does get sort of predictable and familiar after a while the, i think the reason scam 92 did so well when it released back of course the pandemic was going on and secondly i think uh, it was there was a sense of novelty about it you know because here here mm. are filmmakers 
who are making 10 episodes about a very infamous figure and there are no there can be no spoilers there can be no twists it's all about the journey so it's very rare that you know and biopics tend to be like that right except these are more more than biopics this is long form storytelling so you have the opportunity to get into the technicalities and these are not very if you look at it on paper it's not very exciting topics in that sense there you're talking about like stock markets here you're talking about stamp paper counterfeiting so in a general sense in terms of high storytelling or in terms of uh, in terms of con jobs um hmm. these are not the most exciting topics you know we've seen we've seen sh- short form storytelling like feature length storytelling uh deal with these topics regularly but to make 10 episodes about uh, a a person who sort of uh, makes an uh, fashions an entire career and an entire sort of empire out of this particular kind of counterfeiting or or, mm. or this particular kind of technical scam is a very difficult thing to do so you know credit where it's due in terms of writing and creating this particular environment this setting because uh, you know there's not a lot of scope for very visual filmmaking here there's not a lot of scope for a lot of aesthetics uh, mm. or to flaunt your techniques or anything you have to stick to you know the story moving forward because you're covering two decades of a protagonist's life Uh, you're covering two decades of a life that has been widely covered and reported on. Um, so you're basically telling something. You're telling the country a story that they already know, but you're also trying to engage them. So, so you have to basically accept. Once you accept that, you start to learn to. Uh, I think look at the other aspect, which is the process, which is part of the entire novelty of the series. Even now, you know, even after five episodes, even though I'm not a big fan of the writing this time. uh and mm. and that this familiarity you talk about i love the fact that we are still invested in the process because of the performance because of the protagonist arc and the protagonist arc is everything right because your mm. abdul kumar uh, abdul karim telgi is uh, is actually a muslim man in 1990s bombay right and that mm. that's also that and we were discussing this earlier right like i think mm. uh, you like the fact that they were almost agnostic about his religion right yeah uh, yeah or then normalized uh, the fact that here is a businessman whose only religion is money and that's why a lot of hindu politicians and hindu partners uh, and colleagues and you know and co-conspirators don't really uh, there's not a lot of obvious uh, religious tension in that sense even though the 1992 riots are sort of just uh, 93 riots are just sort of uh, glided over in the first or episode or first episode but that Uh, while this while this is a good way of normalizing his religion i think i mentioned that um, it's it's also i i didn't think that they did they entirely sort of address the fact that um, you know uh, he was that there was a lot of tension there was a lot of tension to because he was uh, in the eyes of the law quite a bit he was uh, arrested a couple of times uh, i i felt like it was almost sanitized to an extent keeping in mind the fact that you know they don't want that particular angle to distract uh, from the story of his like 20 year sort of scam and uh, because and that's why i found it hard to believe that the cops weren't uh, hurling slurs at him or the fact that whenever he was sort of uh, got into trouble with a partner or with another businessman their first reaction wasn't the fact that he, he was a muslim trader uh, and mm. he came from sort of karnataka uh, so so yeah i mean there were two ways to look at that and even though i think they took the better way eventually 
Yeah, but I feel also, um, and as I said, I read your review and I totally agree with the points you have raised. And then I obviously introspected into why I liked uh, the the almost uh, you know the agnostic way they treated it is also because you know the 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 it's it, it's related to the discourse right now i feel because when you know we we are so attuned to um, uh, you know to basically like spot an exaggeration of the community's depiction that I, in my mm. head i was like if they are not making a big, big deal of it I, li- I i like that but absolutely as you said and i realized later that that you know, it was a bit over sanitization and which obviously treated to a little bit of, uh, you know, like pockets of doubt in, in the portrayal, because uh, I'm sure that if someone was living in Bombay after the riots, there has to be some repercussion of it. But I, and, you know, in your review, you also said that maybe he was that is why he was used to being treated the way he was and he was getting hit a lot you know, by everyone. And maybe mm. that was probably the series's way of, uh, you know, showing us that he's he's used to being a minority. So, yeah, yeah but uh, also I think the other thing which was very interesting what you said right now is, um, you know, that there is not much about the visual language in the, in the show. And, you know, there's something which I like about, I've realized, I've come to like about Hansel Mehta's, uh, you know, very expansive series is the way he also shows Bombay. Because they tend to be mm. a little uh, periodic piece, like you know, scam or scoop. And here I was looking, looking at it, even though he's not the filmmaker, a showrunner here. And it's it's mostly like indoor, you know, most of of, yeah. of the scenes in in the series they are like indoor. So there's not much scope to see the way a filmmaker or the, or the showrunner was looking at the city. But yeah, when you said, I realized that you know it, it was also one of the reasons I I was like, uh, it was difficult for me to get invested at the beginning. Because I was not getting mm. the the uh, you know the usual crutches, you know. But uh, yeah. also I feel like uh, as much as there is not um, the, the 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 city obviously takes a backseat in that way. But I felt it it did a very um uh, very interesting way they included um the the way the country was changing. And you know it's we technology is a very uh, easy shorthand generally to for period uh, pieces. Because, you know, you show an old mm. phone and you show an, uh, you know, a, a very yeah. uh, obsolete mobile phone and you that that becomes like a shorthand for the time period. But I liked how as as he was also like the Telgi, the the, uh, the character here, as he was progressing in his uh, deceitful path or, or, you know, in a way that he was obviously he was getting more and more um, uh, ambitious and his appetite for uh, money was increasing. You know, it it kind of also uh, like he his phone changed from uh, you know his uh, it it uh, he was holding a pager then he was holding a mobile phone and I felt it was a nice uh, uh, arc of aspiration you know in a post liberalization yeah. India you know yeah. when uh, the country was also waking up to to uh, these things you know the way they were having <clears throat> coke or whatever so I felt these were like little nice touches the way they included it. Hmm. Yeah, and and you know we knew he was a teetotaler, so we used to see a lot of Pepsi and Coke wherever he yeah. used to be drinking. And all. Yeah. And I know yeah. I, I that it wasn't very self-conscious, you know. Like as you said, you know, a lot of films and shows tend to flaunt the era that they are based in. Uh, and given that this was the 90s, which is overdone to death by now, the decade, uh, mm. by so many shows that you know make it pulpy and make it nostalgic. I think this was very. I think this is part of the tone of the series. You know, it's very sort of casual in that sense. It doesn't really flaunt anything. Uh, there's, there's no real time to do it because, you know, there's a lot of other 
sort of technology that has to be explored here like the printing press and the technicalities mm. behind sort of getting parts of a machine that is outdated and you know and and also sort of so much of the series is about selge sort of bribing politicians and bribing government servants and bribing cops there's a, so mm. much verbal uh, there's so much verbal drama that uh, mm. that that I, i guess the series sticks to its commitment of not having real time to flaunting anything else you know and uh, i i think that's that's something i like the fact that even telgi's character and the way rr plays the character it it always feels like you know for him he says that he wants to make money and not earn money you know those punch lines like that and uh, at the end and and even though for others uh, an, an honest for example an honest character he meets and tries to break down and tries to uh, corrupt uh the other person mm. says that it's all about you know earning respect through your career and in the end you know that whatever uh, telgi is saying is not entirely true about himself you know he may say things like you know i want to make money and money is my only religion or, or he may believe things like that but the fact is that at the end of the day being a minority coming from uh, rags almost and also operating in bombay where everyone is sort of mistreating him and looking down on him and underestimating him i feel like respect becomes the protagonist by the fifth episode you know it's like about earning respect about earning that ego and that swag that he sees a lot of other uh, businessmen of other communities carry off mm. and i think uh, for the first four episodes we just see him sort of taking all the punches absorbing everything not really reacting to any of the insults but then by the fifth episode with that dance with that dance bar scene which was very long at the end the climax of the fifth episode where he uh sort of demonstrates not so much his obsession with a particular bar dancer that he's been eyeing for so many episodes but the fact that he can uh, shower her with the kind of money he does and the fact that he is made all that money on you know on his own by hook or by crook and uh, and that's when it becomes about respect for for someone like him and money takes a back seat which is why i believe his downfall will begin over the next five episodes which i feel will be more um which will be more fertile and more entertaining to watch because we saw that with Harshad Mehta as well it's about mm. how the world builds you up and then tears you down the same people you feed the same people you're paying off and we've seen that already a couple of cycles in this first five episodes where the people he uh, he sort of uh, teams up with are the ones who also betray him and then he gets them back onto the side without taking it too personally you know again that that's down to his social status and the fact that he only cares about money uh, no matter how he makes it and that he can take uh, the way people look at him till a particular extent but by the fifth episode he becomes a millionaire you know not so much a muslim anymore not so much a, a a former poor person anymore but he becomes this millionaire who is beyond religion beyond caste beyond community and i feel that's where the downfall for a lot of these infamous figures begin when they become larger than life when they become larger than than themselves because till now he was very much uh, a part of that sort of community bubble that he had come out from but now uh, now that he's become and we see him finally also we see him cheating on his wife in the fifth episode we see him sleeping with a bar girl and we see him sort of showering her with money and trying to you know defeat someone else at the uh, have this sort of male showdown with another uh, rich guy at the bar uh, so I, i feel like all that was done very well and performed very well by gagandev riyar also
Yeah, I think it's very interesting what you said that, you know, about respect being uh, the currency that he was chasing. And uh, like now when you said that, I was thinking back at the series and, and you know, if you um, like the, the, there are uh, hints, you know, which which the series drops because he, he takes it. He, he tells the police officer when they first come to arrest him, he says, don't arrest me in front of my family because it's important yeah, to him. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, and this is one of my, uh, you know, like more favorite scenes from the from the show. Uh, you know, there is this, uh, this this fascinating character of this government official, and we spoke about it. You know, of, uh, which Vivek Mishra essays, and uh, he tries to bribe him, and he's the I think he's the head of the press, and he's like, no, he doesn't take the watch that he was giving, and then uh, you know, Telgi's character basically tries bribing some very minister or like very upscale minister so that you know this this government official gets a promotion and and helps him out mm. out of obligation which it it was like on like in isolation only it was a very fascinating thing for me but there was this one scene you know where um, telgi basically talks to a friend and and uh, uh, i mean gagan talks to a friend and and he says that you know he this man should just get a promotion you know, I, mm. and he said, Isko milna and I felt that was very fascinating because here is this protagonist who we are made to believe that only believes in the religion of money. But you know that there is something beyond that for him. And that is respect. He knows what it is. He knows honesty from dishonesty. Like he's not blind to yeah. morality as such. You know, he yeah. just chooses not to follow it. But he, he is aware of the yeah. right from the wrong. Yeah, and that's what he preys on, right, with the old man also yeah, eventually. Exactly. That's the showdown that happens, even though the 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 character spells it all out, saying, you know, I've been honest all my life and it takes yeah. a crook like you to give me a promotion. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and and Telgi very openly says that I know exactly what you deserve. And huh. uh, so what if I gave it to you and just, just imagine that uh, you're getting your dues from, you know, anyone for that matter. At least hmm. you're getting it. Because uh, it yeah. could have been far uh, and you would have been overlooked all your life. So I guess that he touched a chord, he touched a particular nerve in that honest, very integrity, uh, you know, in the character driven by integrity. And that's what it takes to break down a career, uh, a veteran like that guy and, and who, who's, who's still very reluctant about joining his side, but also realizes that he's right about everything, that the system never really rewards any of the people who deserve these rewards and that's why people like Telgi and Hachad Mehta sort of uh, uh, reach the top and act like Robin Hoods by the end of it, you know, and, yes. and they become these exactly. cult figures. Yeah. Uh, and it's very easy to earn the empathy and the sympathy of the masses because of that. And that's why I find that this, the fact that the scam makers are going to mine those particular figures were so complicated mm. in, terms of, uh, in, terms of, in terms of Indian culture and in terms of our history. I find that hmm. very fascinating that they are picking the same kind of figures that you don't want to dismiss as all-out crooks and you entirely understand why they ascended to the top and why they made crores and billions of rupees. But hmm. uh, but at the same time, you also want to sort of see them get punished by the end of it. So it's a very conflicting feeling as a viewer. And that's what we felt when we were watching Pratik Gandhi towards the end of Scam 92. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't know whether to feel sorry for the guy, to feel angry at the system or to feel uh, to feel like to take your basically to take your frustration out on that very complicit system that lets figures like these rise to the top and then don't think twice before making them the scapegoat. So yeah. um, and 
I'm pretty sure they'll make something on Lalit Modi at some point of time. And you know, these are the figures they're going to go after. And uh, mm. these, and they they sort of elicit the same kind of commentary or the same kind of hindsight when we look back at them. And I think mm. like it's too early to obviously judge this series right now because only five episodes, as I mentioned. But so far, obviously, it's his performance driving the series. Obviously, the themes are starting to emerge, uh, and we are going to see a far more dramatic. um next five episodes whenever it does happen and uh, i'm I, and i'm looking forward to it because i'm 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 like i'm not going to not watch the next five episodes even though it's very natural to compare it to the first show and say that oh it's not as good but you know you have to also look at it in isolation and look at it as telugu story in that particular india in that particular field because i was very much expecting the show to throw in a pratik gandhi cameo at the beginning because if you notice in the beginning they go to the stock market they go to the bsc also and try to sell the fake stamp paper there and uh, one of the guys even mentions mehta and i mm. i almost i i expected them to do something like that and throw in that shared universe sort of thing that farzi and family man yeah. is doing right now Mm. but uh, but i'm glad they didn't because that would have been distracting and that would have reminded us that this is a franchise and it's not supposed to feel like that you know it's supposed to look at we are supposed to look at them as isolated individuals and isolated public figures not as a dramatic storytelling franchise per se so that would have maybe distracted who knows in the next five episodes that could just happen but uh, but i hope it doesn't because they they resisted it so far and when we when i saw the bsc i very much imagined that you know arshad mehta would make a cameo and you know sort of influence the events but uh, but yeah it was it was good that it didn't happen yeah i uh, same and i feel like it also uh, it stems from the at least till now from the franchise's attempt of of not um, like not exactly you know validizing the protagonist Uh, even though they, they yeah. i think they they do a good job of of showing you that you know that they just they they, they write them well in uh, you know they write them well and and they invite uh, you know empathy probably but then you you also realize the crookedness from it and but you know like for example when they did something like that in farzi and family man obviously it it, it was uh, an attempt of of uh, you know of uh, playing on on our likeness towards the protagonist and and i i hope the, uh, you know scam resists from doing that i mean you know i really do but yeah you never know though yeah um yeah is there anything else you'd like to speak about scam uh, of course great cast and you know i very much enjoyed also hemang vyas as kaushal javeri who's one of uh, telgi's first partners in this scam uh, and they fall out by the end of the second or third episode i think and it's a very intense sort of fallout sequence it involves physical violence also but i feel like hemang vyas really gets that gujarati uh, that gujarati sort of aggression and that uh, also pragmatism right because and the way he even abuses the way he uses insults the way his uh, the hand moves when he sort of uh, you know when he sort of very casually uh, you know uses slurs uh, that's a very sort of that's a very bombay gujarati thing and i saw i think we saw that also with pratik gandhi and that entire ecosystem so you know and we've seen the actor emang vyas and we've seen him in a bunch mm. of titles till now and again you know he's more of a journeyman in that sense and i thought he got the gate very correct uh, and he also it he made it possible to look at them as different communities but not 
be too aware of it. You know, the year was a Muslim man and a Gujarati man in partnership, which means a lot today in 2023. Because it's probably the two most uh, divergent communities out there. And, uh, and, you know, that's the entire sort of political agenda going on right now. Uh, It's the hostility of Gujaratis towards Muslims. And that I've seen even while growing up in Ahmedabad, I've seen it in the riots, I've seen it uh, even in Bombay for that matter. So, to see that business is the one that unites both of them, even mm. though it's corrupt and even though it's they, they join forces against the system and then fall out, that for me mm. was one of the better scenes when they fall out, you know, like it, it, I felt bad that they wouldn't be going forward as partners after that. And it reminded me of Hemant Kher in Scam 92 and how he kept warning his brother not to, you know, not to dream too big and not to move too fast. But the, they huh. couldn't fall out there because they were brothers and they were connected by bloodlines and here it wasn't like that so I, I very much liked Hemang Vyasa's performance in that sense yeah I agree but tell me something uh, didn't you because it, it irked me a little did you didn't you feel that his complete turnaround was a little abrupt like the fact yeah, that, so he, that he got was, pissed at him hmm. Yeah, even that, I, I remember one of the flaws of the show, I remember writing about it in the review saying that uh, that Kaushal sort of turnaround was too quick. You know, you just saw him at the side of most of the frames just making like a frownish, uh, make it, you know, just frowning at Telgi, sweet-talking all these politicians and cops. And you didn't know when he changed, basically. You didn't know when Kaushal started having a problem with Telgi spending their money. Uh, it just happened mm. and then he got drunk and then he started like obviously that fight happened uh, uh, all together. But that's the thing, you know, you just saw him at the corner of all these scenes and just very quietly and very angrily watching or glaring at uh, uh, Telgi in those couple of scenes. And I don't think that was the right way to approach it. You know, as much as I like the performance, I feel like the character, you're right about the fact that it happened to abruptly and um, it could have been stayed with a little longer. Yeah, I think because the eventual fight that happened as well, uh, you know, as well as it was done, it felt a little out of proportion given that it was not co- contextualized well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I didn't yeah. realize why he got so angry, but, you know, even though you saw it coming. And, and you know, we have seen yeah. uh, better examples. We've seen Farzi, you know, where even mm. though they are not tied by blood, you see that these are two friends and, and you know, one might not agree with the other, but the the resentment or whatever you call it, it brews and it, 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 it marinates over a couple of more episodes mm. but uh, yeah but then you know th- this is also my uh, my grouse or my um, you know I, I really feel a little wary of uh, talking about the show which is 10 episodes and just looking at five and talking about it because you never know you know what the, yeah. the remaining five might just do you know you so yeah so I, I even when I was writing the review I was a little wary I didn't know what to say because yeah. it, it, it might just prove you, you know you might just be proven wrong by the fifth episode but I uh, hopefully the performance uh, you know will be something which will stand out even after we watch the remaining five yeah uh, yeah the, I guess we'll leave the rest of the scam discussion for when the next five episodes drop uh, because that'll be that'll also feel like a different series because now they are going to be more focused and more concentrated on the last three years of his career before he gets mm. arrested so and basically five episodes dealing with three years is very different from five episodes dealing with 20 years or 18 yeah. years so far so i think that he'll have more freedom to get into the details of how things went fair shape for him or wrong for him so so yeah i'm looking forward to those five episodes we'll be discussing it whenever it does drop again 
um yeah i think that's about it for scam 2003 and for friday night plan uh if uh, if any of you have any suggestions do write in to us uh do contact us on twitter or write in to us at rahulnoles@gmail.com or aisengupta1 at gmail.com uh, do read our reviews on film companion and ott play um yeah and we'll be back soon uh, hopefully discussing the second shahrukh khan film of the year jawan very soon it's releasing this thursday uh, already a lot of hype around it but we'll save it till the next podcast uh, hoping for the best and uh, stay tuned